fellow geeks, and welcome to another episode of Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three broads discuss anything and everything geeky. I'm one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me on this geeky journey, as always, are two of my closest friends. First up, Christina. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, and we have Katie. Hello. <laughs> All right, kids. It's Loki Day today, so we are talking Loki Episode 1, so we're going to have some fun today. Finally, another Marvel show we can dissect every week and have some fun discussions about it. So let's just jump into it. New episode for Marvel, a uh, new show for Marvel, 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 we love you. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, I want you to turn the volume up a little bit, and you're going to listen to me real quick, because one... You need to shorten these breaks between Marvel content. I can't take the six weeks waiting for new stuff. I'm an addict. Kevin, Kev, I'm going to call you Kev. Kev, I'm an addict. I need it like every two weeks. So please, when Loki's done and I know we have Black Widow, give me the what if. Don't waste my time. Just give it to me. I don't want to wait like three weeks, six weeks. Just give it to us straight Give it to us into the veins, Mr. Feige, Kevin, Kev. That's my speech to start off. Okay, uh, so let's talk about Loki episode one, glorious purpose. Katie, I'm going to start with you today. What were your overall thoughts on this episode? I really enjoyed it. Um, This is another one that I kind of went into not I was just ready for it. I wasn't sure what we were going to expect aside from, you know, they they it picks up as they show us right at the beginning, uh, picks up where Loki has escaped with the Tesseract. And um, I love that they did that because some of my friends are not great with like details with Marvel and they frustrate me so much. <laughs> They frustrate me so so much with their their half baked takes when they don't even really understand the source material. But anyway, so I'm glad that they had that little recap. Um, what people a, have hot takes? That's insane. I've never heard. About I know, that. right? That's craziness. Uninformed craziness. takes. Wow. People people go off half cocked after they've had too many vodkas before they record a podcast. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't be Katie. Wait, are we not supposed week? to do that every week? <laughs> Because I did not get that memo. That's fair. <laughs> you know, we're humans. We're human beings. But I'm glad that Marvel um, did include that little look back moment um, to to help people along and, and make sure they really understood what was going on <laughs> when they started. So, um, yeah, it, overall, I love the look of this series. I love um, – I wrote down immediately that the opening title was a little dark and broody. And I don't know that I was expecting so much dark and broody. There was a lot of like self-reflection. I, I was expecting like Loki to just be silly Loki, you know, having adventures. But this started off a little heavier than I expected. But I, I felt it was appropriate. And I felt it did a good job of uh, kind of showing Loki's motivations. Like he's he's played This Is Your Life now, right? He He knows his story. And I think that you know, we're going to, we're going to get some fun, um, interesting things with him as the series goes on. And as he has to bring some of that mischievous scamp into his, 
into his uh, mission in a more fun way. So anyway, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I agree. A lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff. I agree with you with. So we'll go, Christina. Christina, your overall thoughts on episode one, glorious purpose of Loki. I fell asleep the first two times I tried to watch it. Okay, so you're canceled. Next, Katie. What no, are we gonna do? I'm no, I'm not. So I tried Katie. to watch it. I fell asleep. I started it again. I fell asleep. So I finally watched it all the way through. And I don't know why I fell asleep. I didn't think it was slow. I didn't think it was necessarily boring or anything like that. But I don't know. It put me to sleep. Maybe I was just tired. We're going to chalk it up to that. We'll see what episode two does to me. Fair, but fair. Um, I was apprehensive of Owen Wilson being in Marvel. And I should know that Marvel never casts anything wrong. And that still holds sure true. It still holds true. I was. I was really apprehensive because he's just such like a stoner goofball type guy you know i wasn't really ready for him in marvel um but i did enjoy him um i really enjoyed watching loki watch his future essentially that he doesn't know about his timeline um i thought it was really cool when you hear him say i can't go back to my timeline can i um but i thought there were i think you get to see loki's true motivations you see he's still just that spoiled child who didn't think he got to live his purpose and he doesn't like it he thinks everything is owed to him he still thinks that but I was mentally like flashing myself around because you know we have we have essentially an end game scene that we start the the show with but it's actually Loki and Avengers 1 in an end game scene so like I had to sit back and be like okay wait what year Loki do we have and how it what has happened so like if you don't know Marvel you're gonna have to take some time or you're gonna have to read up to try to figure out where this falls in like it even took me and i freaking know marvel it took me a couple seconds to sit back and be like okay where timeline wise are we i know they put like what 2012 or whatever at the very front and so like that registered with me but i still had to kind of like connect the dots of what has happened what what does he know what does he not know right now so but overall i really enjoyed it and i think episode two is going to be even better yeah, so I mean, I agree with both of you on a lot of a lot of stuff. So for me, overall, cinematically, visually, I love it. When you see the TVA, you have that great, great shot of like the city itself. It's very futuristic, very sci-fi like, but feels kind of seventies too at times, which I really dug. So, like, I really like the aesthetics of looking like the machine that he used to show Loki, like his timeline. Like, it looked old, like 70s, like, you know, older equipment, but with like a, you know, high tech, uh, high tech availability. You know, Katie, can, well, I know you want go ahead, Katie. What do you got? I know you want to speak on that. Yeah. The what it reminded me of was kind of like the Jetsons. You know how Ooh, it was call, done, you know, it was done in the 50s or 60s. I'm not sure. But um, it was like what people in the 50s or 60s think the future is going to look like, which is just kind of Great a call. enhanced call. version of whatever, you know, kind of cool retro things that they were they had in their lives. So, yeah, it gave me a lot of like, I want to know when the TVA was was established because it gave me a lot of 70s with with a lot of the color schemes and the shapes. 
uh, yeah, I, I really, that's one of my big things that I really enjoyed was the, the, the suit with the skinny tie and the, um, it, it just the fun, fun playing with future, but past also kind of in the same way that, um, that WandaVision played with a couple of those things, you know, they had some futuristic things and magical things, but it was very in the time period of whatever show they were in. So yeah, that Jetsons is kind of the biggest, biggest thought I had on that one. No, it's a good call. It's a good call. Christina, I know you had uh, thoughts on that too. Go ahead. Yeah, I still, I thought Jetsons too. As soon as I saw half of that stuff, I was like, oh, this is the Jetsons. But then as I'm looking around, as we're watching things, there are very futuristic moments. I mean, we go back to what, like the 1500s at one moment in there. So 1600s, something like that. But I think it's meant to not resemble a single decade. It's supposed to bring the best of every decade and generation because you see so many different different things. Um, you, you don't have one decade necessarily represented, which I think is really cool because if you're talking time and you can somehow represent all of time in it through costumes and, and sets and things, I, I thought that was super cool. But I, too, immediately was like, oh, so it's the Jetsons? Yeah, I think it it, it was an it's a mix of again that futuristic feel, but yet old school. So just like I mean, that's a good point, Christy. Like you really there's as Owen Wilson's character said, you know, in the TVA, time works differently. So like you aren't set in like a futuristic or like a past. You really have a sense of like it's its own thing, like it's its own type of. Uh, obviously like era universe or you know time like it's its own time in in space or whatever so which is really really cool i i dug all that i dug the the aesthetics of it i thought i thought the acting in this episode was great tom hiddleston was absolutely amazing in it i loved owen wilson too he did a good job of like kind of still being him him his like owen wilson self with the little like mannerisms he has but it it worked with his character very very well. So again, like Christina, you said, perfect casting for this, and I I love the chemistry between Tom and Owen. It worked so well for me, and I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Uh, with these two maybe being buddy cop, well, you know, obviously the series will will dictate how that goes, but it's gonna be really really cool. I think other things that really stuck out to me is obviously we're us learning about the TVA and what that represents and, you know, how time does, as Owen's character said, time works differently. So, you know, I love the explanation of, uh, from Miss, I think it's Miss Minutes, that, that cartoon character, which was, again, very cool, very retro, but very kind of like, you know, futuristic in a way. Like it just, it just worked for me very, very well. But her explanation of how obviously at one point, you know, the timelines were all, you know, jacked up fighting for supremacy and it took the timekeepers to put them together and create the sacred timeline, which is what we obviously see in what we are viewing in the MCU as, as an audience, which is really, really cool. So again, like you see Loki go on this really, really personal journey in this first episode, which I really love too. I mean, he he is that 2012 Loki Avengers time. 
So just like you were saying, Christina, like you don't know. He doesn't know what he knows yet, but then he sees it. So like as a character, you know, what does that do to him? Does he, does he see that? Okay. Maybe what I was trying to do, which eventually he does throughout the, you know, the movies we see him, does he kind of see like where he went wrong then? Like does is does his character catch up to where he is at the point of Infinity War? So there's just a lot of things that, you know, that they can do that they can play around with, which really excites me. So yeah, overall I really loved love 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 this episode and really love what they're uh what they're doing with it. Christina, you got more thoughts? Can I ask a question? Yeah. How does this mess with like our Infinity War and Endgame timeline? Like because one thing about time travel and, and the constant is in time travel and things like that, if you change one thing, you change everything. One tiny, tiny little thing can change everything. So how is Loki, the series, going to play into that? It's a good question. I, I think what we, in my personal take, and we'll we'll kind of jump into kind of TVA talk now. So this is a good it's a good segue. So for me, the TVA is a very interesting type of thing, character, whatever you want to call it in the MCU now. Because now we are we are you know given this information of you know time is actually not really it's is dictated by the timekeepers, right? So now there's this whole notion of okay. As the one TVA girl said to Loki, you know, what the Avengers was supposed to do in Endgame was supposed to happen. So, like, the, it seems like the timekeepers are letting certain things go or this is what it was and what they see was supposed to happen. So, like, my this is just my current thought is that I see the timekeepers know the whole future, right? I feel like this is this is what they do. They dictate it to what they see and what they maybe want to happen. So then I'll see the TVA, if it goes and as, as that little cartoon explains, if somebody goes off that current, you know, sacred timeline path, then they go grab that person and they, what they call, I think prune or whatever that timeline. So it doesn't, what they call next, what, what they call is create a nexus and then create a whole multiverse, which again, that mention of multiverse from the TVA is huge with Dr. Strange, in my opinion. So for me, I, I like the, what the TVA I think is showing is that, you know, yeah, time travel is obviously, which is, it, it's huge in the comics. You know, they do like a lot of stuff happens in time and space and everything. So I think they're trying to set a ground, a ground base kind of for everybody to say, okay, the TVA is this and they work for the timekeepers who are controlling this sacred timeline. And to me that like, that doesn't really necessarily say that maybe there are other timelines because there's could be more than, you know, three timekeepers as we see in the, the, the cartoon. So I mean there could be there could still be multiple timelines but for some reason we are focused on this sacred timeline. So I think there's just a lot there's a lot that can play with with the TVA and I like the introduction of the TVA and what they are going to do for the MCU moving forward cuz I think this is going to lead into multiverse 
madness as I think what we will see in Doctor Strange 2. Christina, go ahead. So we hear multiverse a lot now. Like that phrase, I feel like we hear that a lot in Marvel content now. Yeah. We're starting to hear it more. And so, and forgive me if I don't understand this yet or know this, but it's possible that the Eternals could be part of a different timeline, right? Or... I mean, who knows? You're right. It could be. Because why didn't they? I mean, I think the question everyone said is if the Eternals were there all along, why didn't they help stop Thanos? Well, for that, I heard that, like I read that. Well, my understanding with the Eternals is that they are run... Are they run by the timekeepers? I, I have to, I'll have to look so that I'm up. Thinking, but they're like, run by somebody. Content, I feel like all the content we're getting over the next two years is all going to tie into the multiverse. And Loki oh, is where we're introducing that is what I'm trying to yep. say. No, 100% agree. Like, I think this is a show that's introducing introducing the time kind of timeline multiverse of madness. So then, like, when the movies start you know, when Eternals comes out or when whatever the next movie comes out, we have a reference point of, oh, okay. So like, if you didn't watch Loki, I think we'll still get some explanations of the movie. But I think what Loki is going to do, in my opinion, is really set a good ground base of, okay, this is the TVA, this is the timeline and blah, 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 blah. Katie, go ahead. Yeah, with the Eternals, we don't know that they didn't do something in the background to help when Thanos was going bananas. You know, I kind of, I kind of, the way that they Marvel goes back and forth on their own timeline, you know, they have release order, but then there's also the chronological order of the way that they're telling their stories. And I think that, you know, maybe there, maybe there was something going on in the background. Maybe they were the ones who were uh, pulling some strings that no one else saw, you know, to make some of those Avenger missions, incredibly successful you know so i i try and and give everything the benefit of the doubt and just wait and see (laughs) on a lot of that but i think i agree with you lauren that um that loki is just going to let us know how time and time travel is going to work in this universe because that once you get into time travel it can be a really scary thing it's a really slippery slope like with any with any project correct now, um yeah. i mean and i'm i'm thinking about lost if, if, personally like once that got entered into the equation i was like wait a second okay so you're gonna explain all of this away with time tra- you know there there is a lot of um it, it, time travel has just in the in a lot of different properties has become kind of a crutch for stuff and i think that they are like you said lauren going to lay the groundwork and say this is how it's working for us and this is, you know, these are the rules, um, which I appreciate. And I think that, you know, the, the more science geekier side of, of people who are Marvel fans are going to appreciate, too. Yeah, 100%. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because here here's my, my thoughts. And I tweeted this like a few days ago. The line from Stark in Endgame where he says, you mess with time, time tends to mess back. Literally, I think this is what phase four will be is now okay they fucked with time now time's gonna fuck with them and we're gonna see kind of what that hap what has happened since they did what they did in endgame i think that's gonna be a huge part of uh, phase four and i think that's what they're setting up in this show is okay this is the baseline this is the stuff go ahead christina 
I just want it noted for the record that Lauren has dropped the F-bomb more than Katie and I have. Um, I just thought that was essential to be noted for the record that Lauren's dropped more fucks than anyone else. <laughs> I feel like we need a tally. We feel like we need a tally board or something. Swear jar. I'll, I'll start doing a swear jar. A swear jar. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think this is where we will get, you know, where this is set up. Because now I think this is where our next phase is, is okay. When you mess with time, what happens? What's the what's the after effect? Because there's going to be consequences. So what is the consequence of them doing what they did? Even though Cap goes back, puts all the stones back, he stays back. And obviously the TVA let that go. But I think, I know a lot of people were like, well, why didn't they go after Rogers? He sent a whole branch. Okay, here's why they didn't do that. A, Steve didn't interfere with anything at, when he went back to... Um, Peggy, clearly. Like, he didn't interfere with anything. He just low-key stayed, you know, stayed hidden and did whatever with with Peggy Carter and just lived his life knowing, obviously, knowing what he knew, he knew everything was going to turn out fine in the end. Yeah, it sucks that he couldn't maybe change some things, but he couldn't. And I think Steve knew that. So I think that's why the timekeepers or whatever, maybe just let him let him go. Maybe they kept an eye on him to make sure he didn't screw anything up. But I think Steve knew in in his own in his own mind, in my opinion, that like, yeah, okay, I can I'll go back to Peggy. I'll live a really nice life, but I can't interfere with anything. Like I think he knew that. And I think that's why, you know, why the timekeepers let, you know, what happened happen. So I know everybody's like, well, you know, they, they, they're going after Loki, but then Cap and Tony went back to the seventies and did us. Okay. So I get all that. I think that will get all explained on why maybe certain things happened and maybe if it doesn't, it doesn't, and that's okay. But I think they're obviously the timekeepers are watching and focusing on certain things and letting certain things happen and everything like that. Christina, what do you got? So we do see them in this episode when someone does branch off and they have to go back and prune that branch a little bit, that they do these resets, right? So what makes us not think that as stones were being returned or as stones were being taken and as the Avengers were traveling, that the TVA wasn't going in and doing resets because they knew that this had to happen in order for the future because they know what's going to happen, but they're going to go in and they'll just reset everyone that was there so that the branch doesn't stay, you know, growing that's, true. that's a good point that's a good point and and they might have they might have who knows i mean we see at the end of this episode where the one guy was like well i don't want to do all the paperwork let's just let's just reset it so i mean there could have been a lot of resetting going on and probably is that maybe we'll find out more so yeah i i really love the tva i like what they're setting up with this organization i think it's fascinating fascinating stuff and I think, like I've been saying, it's setting the groundwork. And obviously, I don't know if this will be like directly. Con- I mean, I mean, I know it's going to be connected. Obviously, the show is going to connect to the bigger, larger MCU storyline that we'll get in in the theaters. But I'm curious as to see how much it will be directly like connected to. Like, will they reference this show a lot in in the in the MCU movies? Like, or will they? In my opinion, like these shows will 
be like, okay, if you saw this, this will make more sense in the movies, but you don't really necessarily have to see the show to understand because they, as, as they did in the beginning of the show, they do recaps within these movies all the time. So people understand it. So Katie, any, any other, any other thing you want to talk about the TVA or anything that could jump out at you? Yeah. I want to talk about resetting versus pruning. I, I initially when Loki yeeted into Mongolia and there was the big sand dune with the beetle, um, and the TVA was right on his trail. And there was those, um, the indigenous people that he ran into there in Mongolia. And they said, okay, it's time to reset. I was like, oh, so they're just going to kill all these people that just witnessed that, right? Like, that's what we're going to do. Is it? Is that what happens? Is it a men in black thing? <laughs> I'm making the motion I of the shape I kind of took it thing. as like men in black thing. Like the resetting okay. is like they they almost drop like a grenade and turn back the reset where pruning is yeah. like when they stab the kid that refused the ticket. Right. And so they just, because when you prune a branch off of a tree, you cut it, you cut it and you're, yeah. you killed that branch. All right. Versus resetting it. So yeah, that's kind of how I was taking it as well. Okay. Yeah. Eventually after I watched it the second time, that's kind of how I understood it too. But initially my thoughts were very dark on what they were doing with time. But um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see, I really want one of those batons that makes you go one sixteenth speed. Like, I feel like my children need that when they're, <laughs> when, they're <laughs> when they're being extra, like, hold on, let me slow you down for a second. Think about your decisions before you, before you do what you're about to do. <laughs> I like that, Katie. I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> no, but it's interesting with pruning and resetting. So my initial thought was, okay, so resetting is they are cutting off that branch as we talked about. I don't know if necessarily they're like killing those indigenous people as far more. I think what they're doing is just resetting time. So it goes backwards. They're so rewinding. That, so, yeah. right, so that event doesn't happen at all. Like that's. Yeah. That's where my head's at. So, I mean, it is kind of men in black-ish, if you want to sure. call it, you know, but... Yeah, it's a rewind instead of a mind wipe, basically. Yeah, right. And then yeah. with the with the, with the the rod, you are literally, you know, deleting that, yeah. that variant out of everything. So then they can't go back. Just like Loki knows. Loki knows, and he said, he's like, I can't go back to that timeline. Because I think, if I remember watch like, that cartoon with Miss Minute... Like they showed like once they cut the branch, that person, there's a thing, you know, I remember the, the cartoon thing went back to his timeline. So like, does that, so then they're like, again, resetting time. And then the variant is obviously with the TVA, they either prune them or whatever. I guess we'll find out what they do with Loki. So, right. Again, there's a lot of interesting concepts that they have introduced in this show, which I think again, will lead to bigger things in the MCU. I think as we know it. And again, I think this will lead to, I don't know if this show will be like directly the cause of like what we'll see in Dr. Strange and maybe Spider-Man three where like the multiverse is completely destroyed. I don't know if that will be like, this is like ground zero for that. But I think it's just setting us up to maybe explain, oh, okay, multiverse. And it's trying to just set our expectations of how time works for this, for the MCU. 
Chrissy, any other or well before Katie, any anything else with the TVA? Okay, Christina, any uh, anything else for the TVA? Your thoughts? I kind of like those uniforms. I thought those uniforms were kind of badass. They're like dope. I, orange and the gray. One yeah, thing yeah, yeah. I do think we need to talk about is. I love the fashion so far. I love the costumes mm-hmm. so far. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, 100%. I loved hearing Loki say that's fine as Guardian leather and then them burn it off of him. I was laughing. Um, I did. I've I've so far, that was like the thing that did kind of grasp me, though. Realistically, you know how I am. This is, uh, we do this every Marvel and I'm like, oh, I love the costumes. Um, and I do. I think that it shows a hierarchy in the way people are dressed. You know who is who. Um, yeah, uh, that, that was my thing with the TVA is I really did think that the costumes were kind of killer and futuristic. If you were part of the Minutemen type people, then you went to very retro. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what we get for costumes throughout this series. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously within this episode too, we time jumped, we went to like 1549 France, 1858 Oklahoma. So, and then obviously we went, we find out that Loki was D.B. Cooper, which Christina said last week, which is, was accurate. Loki was D.B. Cooper all the time. Can I hear you so say like, that again? Can you say Christina said that? And it was I said accurate? it once and it's on the record. So oh, okay. That's that. on the record too. Thank you. Yes, that's on the record. Okay. So I think what the show is, it, like the show is going to be so wild for, in my opinion, because of this whole time, the time traveling stuff, the TVA. And obviously at the end of, of this episode, the TVA was after like another variant that throughout this episode, we find out that Owen Wilson's character was like hunting down this certain variant because of what they were causing. And then at the end of the episode, we see some Minutemen and a hunter. So there's two different types of, I think, TVA. So there's the Minutemen who I think wear like the mask and stuff. And then the hunters, I think, don't wear masks. So like the lady that was captured Loki was a hunter. I think she was hunter B5, B15. So yeah, there's B15. like, yeah. So there was like certain levels of like Minutemen and then hunters. So what we see at the end is obviously we see a hooded figure drop a lantern because there was oil on the ground and it kind of, you know, uh, started a whole fire and caught some of those TVA uh, Minutemen on fire. And then they stole another because in early in the episode, we find out that the, uh, the, the time reset charger thing they use, one was stolen when they went to the, 1549 France and then another one was stolen when we see this hooded figure steal it in 1858 Oklahoma so I believe and obviously Owen Wilson's told Loki that the person he's going after is him so which is interesting I think that sets up some interesting obviously ideas and theories and all that stuff I'm just excited to this is just going to be wild I mean we're going to be so time jumping and and the TVA is really going to have to, you know, really set our expectations of, okay, this is how time travel works. This is what happens, everything like that. So it's going to be really interesting. And I, I fully believe that I, I think Owen Wilson is right. I think he is going after a Loki, another Loki variant, but I think it's a female Loki variant. That's my guess. That's my theory right now. I have no like, I like reason that why. lore. But I think it's a female Loki. I think that's why we version. saw gender fluid right away. On yep. that, and yeah, Lauren, look at you. 
You might be right MCU. there. I Judging by MCU. Katie's face, she's also kind of like, huh, I'm here for that. <laughs> Katie, your thoughts? Yeah. No, that, that gets me thinking for sure. I think huh. it'd be interesting. Yeah, it definitely would. I mean, they've, you know, they've talked about making Thor a female, you know, in, in, in some movie content coming up. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't know why. There's just something that tells me, like, I don't, it's not a, it's not the Loki we know. It's a totally different Loki, I think, from a completely different multiverse. And somehow, again, we are in the sacred timeline. I, there's got to be other freaking timelines out there. That's just in my opinion. So somehow that Loki jumped into the sacred timeline somehow and is jacking everything up. That's my theory. And I think, like I said, I think it's a female version of Loki, which will be really, really interesting if Loki sees himself as a female. Like, it's just going to be, it's just going to be really cool. It's just going to be really cool. That's just, again, my initial thoughts on that. And I think the TVA, again, love, love, love the TVA. I love what they're setting up with that. And it's going to be interesting to see how they explain it and then what the, what, this series will set up moving forward. It's going to be really great. It's going to be good stuff. So let's move on to Loki. I think Tom Hiddleston is an amazing actor. He shows it again in this show. His, his understanding of Loki, his, just his overall acting is just phenomenal. And it, and even in this first episode, it shows, I mean, the emotional range he had when he goes through eventually and sees his future, which we have seen, obviously as an audience, but this specific Loki hasn't, to see him witness like him and his brother with his dad and, you know, Odin telling him that he loves his sons and he, you know, he's, he says sons, so he knows, Loki, you know, Loki's there. Then we see him and Thor talking and just how, you know, the banter between them and just the smile that he gave watching that. And then, obviously, we know he sees his mother die, and that really trips him up a lot. And then he sees his, his death by Thanos. And just the emotional, like, gut wrench when he sees that is, in, like, it's just so good. Like, he is just a great great actor and again i gotta give it to owen wilson man he did a great job playing his role as mobius i think that character is really interesting to me i'm really excited to dive deeper into his character how he became about and obviously learn more about the tva and all that so again i'm super excited to see what tom does what owen does and what the shenanigans are going to happen because you know, again, is is Loki on board now? Is he going to be good cop, bad cop? Or does he have a plan? Because now he knows, you know, what he what he kept saying in this episode is obviously he was burdened with glorious purpose. You know, that was his whole thing. And we know that that was his whole thing back in 2012 in the Avengers movie. So now that he knows that is pretty much all BS and that the... Um, Infinity Stones are lying around in the TVA, which I will say real quick. I know people are like, well, what if the TVA has a bunch of uh, Infinity Stones? Why are they so important? They still are important because there still are Infinity Stones in the secret timeline. So, yeah, these are Infinity Stones that somebody stole that they shouldn't have. So they obviously have a collection of them. But the 
Infinity Stones are still important in the MCU in the Sacred Timeline. So I, you know, that's just my 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 thoughts on that whole a bunch of stones in the drawer. Like, why does it? Why did you know? Why does this Infinity Stones matter? Then they still do, kids. They still do. They still do a lot. So yeah, I think overall Loki um, is great. Like Tom Hilson did a great job this first episode, and I'm really excited to see where they take it. Katie, what about you, Loki overall in this first episode? Yeah, I agree. Tom Hilson knocked it out of the park. He didn't miss a beat. Um, and his his reaction to Odin dying is kind of what got me, I think, and got him too. It got him memefied. Now there's Loki reacting to sad movies. Um, I re- <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. On Twitter, I retweeted the one of a uh, it's Loki's sad face and uh, uh, a Treyu trying to pull Artex out of the <laughs> out of the, the the swamp of sadness or whatever it's called. I can't remember. Anyway, um, I to answer your question or to to kind of bat it around, Lauren, whether he's on board now. I think he is. I I, I think he is at least. He's more on board than not on board. Um, Because the conversation that he had, you know, after he stole stole the little remote and was kind of running amok and trying to like find okay i've got i've i've got to find the tesseract i've got to find some way out of here um and which real quick cubicles. you know as yeah. we find out that the tesseract and his magic are worthless in the tva yeah, everything is worth he can't do anything on um at the tva in in this space that he is um but i think when mobius comes back in and they have their kind of heart to heart he he admits like i don't enjoy hurting people i'm doing this because I have to, or I've, I've been made to, um, and because it's all part of the illusion. I wrote down exactly what he said. It's all part of the illusion, the cruel elaborate trick conjured by the weak to inspire fear. I mean, he's talking about himself. He's calling himself weak. Like I know that I am bullshit is basically what he's saying. And Mobius echoes back to him and calls it a desperate play for control. And that's that's his glorious purpose, right? And maybe he's realizing that truly his glorious purpose is something else and to help lift others up who are going to be um, needing his help in this unique situation, right? To be able to accomplish what they're going to accomplish with defeating Thanos or healing the timelines or whatever it's going to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think that just hearing him say those words was a realization that, you know, that because we, we all saw how watching his, this is your life real, like really affected him. So yeah, I would say he's on board. Um, and I am excited to see kind of what is next and how the two of them are going to team up and do whatever they're going to do to catch, catch variant Loki. Yep. Yeah, it's gonna be really, really interesting. And I liked how Mobius even at one point told them, like, you your purpose on the timeline, on the sacred timeline, was to make people basically better. And they showed that shot of the Avengers and the first Avengers movie circling up. So again, that that had to hit home for him to understand that like his glorious purpose that he was burdened with wasn't to rule Midgard, Asgard, the galaxy, whatever, man. It was to make people better so they could defeat the true enemy at this time, which is Thanos. So, Christina, your thoughts on on Loki in this first episode? 
I love Tom Hiddleston. I do. And I am curious. I don't know him. Clearly, I don't know this man. But I'm curious how much Loki is him because he so naturally is the god of mischief. I think that Tom Hiddleston is probably just like, he's probably very Loki. He's probably funny. He's probably, you know, always up to some type of a little joke or something. Um, I just think that that he might just be Loki um, as a person. So I do love that. Um, I loved watching him see his past, present, and future. And I, one of the things I thought about was, would I want that? Like, if that was an option, if you could see your past, your present, your future, um, and what t- different timelines do to you, would I, would I want that? Like, I kept going back to that. I don't know why. I've actually been thinking about it since I watched it in the episode. And it's weird. Um, It's really weird. So I almost wonder, you know, how is that really going to impact and influence his choices when he knows what his ultimate destiny is at this point? How does that impact influence his choices? And by the way, how does that potentially relate to what he did in Endgame? So in this time, the longest argument I've ever had, and I'm still in the midst of this argument, has never been settled, regards time travel. It's regarding time travel. And I don't know if DJ is still listening to this podcast, but it is a conversation DJ and I have been happy, having for six years. This has been, with my friend DJ, a battle. And Alyssa will appreciate this because he and his wife have been having this fight for even longer. And so time travel is a big thing. And, and how is that influencing what he does? I, I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see, again, how this affects the the overall MCU story moving forward. Because, honestly, WandaVision gave us really good character depth of Wanda and Vision. And it really, you know broke down those characters and they built them back up, right? Same thing with Winter Soldier. Broke down, you know, Sam Wilson, Bucky Barnes, built them back up. So we are seeing this again this in this Loki series. Loki being broken down this first episode, now we got to build him back up. But building him back up to do what, I think is the real big question for me, is building him back up to continue being this God of mischief or to become the guy that he is supposed to be when we see him later on in the MCU and, you know, helping his brother in Ragnarok, you know, and obviously dying to help and save his brother in infinity war. So we're, which, which Loki are we going to get? And like, you know, like Katie was saying earlier, is he on board? I feel like he's on board, but who knows? We really don't know because once he saw the TVA in this in that when that one room, he was like, "Is this the ultimate power?" So like, is he just playing games so then he can take control over the TVA? Like again, there's so many options that that could occur, and maybe this is again that the variant that they're hunting is the guy that took over the or the or the female i again i'll go off and say it's going to be a female loki that took over the tva like who knows like this is just going to be some really wacky stuff and i'm really excited cuz i like when marvel kind of goes weird just like my star wars i love when star wars goes weird and it kind of 
gives you a different a different take on stuff. Christina, what you got? Can I ask a really weird question? And I oh, might have missed something, but Loki referred to TV or the timekeepers as the lizard people at some point. Are we ever going to see the timekeepers? Like, are we going to know? Like, did we, did I miss something? Like, are we actually, is Loki going to, to see who the timekeepers are? Is Loki's Maybe. endgame going to be where Loki is? He he meets the timekeepers. He runs into them in the he hallway. Could. He runs into them in the hallway at work like he run into the CEO. I don't know what happens. But I'm interested in are the timekeepers just going to be this mystery to us that the TVA all reports to? Are we going to experience who the timekeepers are? I don't know if we'll get that in the show, but I th- we'll definitely going to get those answers within this phase. 100%. Because again, in my opinion... You mess with time, time messes back. This is where we're at in the MCU in this phase, which I think this phase is going to be all about this time and fixing it and all that stuff. So I think we will get the timekeepers. I honestly think we might see them in Eternals. Maybe we'll get more on them on that because it seems like they've they've been around, right? Because obviously multiverse and all that, I I got the sense from that you know cartoon with Miss Minute that this has been going on for obviously a very long time. So they are they have been a part of this whole thing for a while. We just don't know it until now. So that's a really good question though. Christina any or Katie, I'm sorry, Katie, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think we might see them in Doctor Strange. Um, makes total sense. Makes yeah, total multiverse sense. of madness. I feel like that is I feel like there might be a better chance that that they would show up there. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that there, there may be, who knows that. I mean, when he, like you said, when he was in there in the cubicles and he said, wow, is this the ultimate power? Like the wheels were definitely turning, but um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the timekeepers in Dr. Strange upcoming. It would make sense. Cause I think they got to, I think this is where we're being introduced to them. And then again, we'll get more information in another movie. And I think again, and just how I, I've been saying it for a while with these, like these series are setting up the movies for like more understanding. I don't th- like, just like, just like the Avengers. If you watch just the Avengers movies, yeah, you, you might miss some information, but they give you nice recaps within those movies to be like, oh, okay. So if you didn't watch Iron Man 3 or whatever or Winter Soldier, you still get the context of what the what the point, like what the major points were up until that point. You know, so I I, I can see like this is what those TV, these TV shows are going to do. They set up stuff, but obviously I still think the meat and potatoes will still be in the movies. You know, like the series are just going to really introduce new concepts, new concepts, new ideas that will be further, you know, introduced into the movies. And we'll have a, just a better understanding if you watch this show or if you did it. That's just my personal opinion. That's just how I think it is. Um, any other final thoughts? Because I know we have a question about this from Joe Pro. Um, so I think we'll just we'll jump to that real quick. But, oh, Katie, before we go, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Katie. I wanted to talk about um, 
some of the other talent that was in <laughs> that was oh, in yeah, the go show. Ahead, go ahead. Um, I love Eugene Cordero who played Casey. He was so funny to me. Um, Star Wars. He, sh- he was in Star Wars as well. He was in Star Wars, and he was also in The Good Place. He was Jason's best friend, Pillboy. Um, and when I saw him, I was like, "Oh, it's Pillboy." <laughs> nice. <laughs> so nice. That was a that's a good show if y'all haven't seen it yet. Um, the Good Place. It's on Netflix or no, now it's on Peacock, I guess, because. Uh, because NBC. Um, but then also, uh, Miss Minutes, I immediately loved her. Um, I'm glad that we saw her right away because she was in some of the promo materials. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Why are we have this cartoon character? But um, I love her. I loved her little posters around the place. One of them, my favorite one, said, behave or get your clock cleaned. Um, nice, nice. Which I feel like needs to be on a T-shirt that I wear frequently. <laughs> but uh, I, it, it bothered me because I recognized her voice and I couldn't place it. And so I had to look it up. Um, and it's Tara Strong, who did the voice for Harley Quinn for a million bazillion years. And she's also Bubbles in the Powerpuff Girls. And uh, she's also in My Little Pony. So if, if nice. you are like me and obsessed with voice actors and <laughs> are always like listening for, okay, who is that? Do I know that person? Is that Jim Cummings? Because like, he's in everything. But um, anyway, that, I, those are the two things that I wanted to shout out real quick because I, I just personally enjoyed them. <laughs> no, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. So... To kind of wrap up and to answer uh, Joe Pro's Ask the GBC question. So he says, I'm sure you'll address Loki and what your initial thoughts or your initial impressions were. Yep. His other couple questions are, can Marvel fix the tired time cop trope? And did I did enjoy, he says, I did enjoy Owen, Owen Wilson at his Owen Wilson-ist, which I totally agree. I I loved Owen Wilson in this in this show. I really did. I think he was he was he was fantastic. So, uh, Christina, I'll start with you with the question: Can Marvel fix the tired time cop trope? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I think Marvel can fix anything. It's going to be my answer. Um, when Marvel proves to me they can't, this could be the thing. Um, I've yet to experience a moment where Marvel couldn't fix something. So I'm not going to say that they cannot because they've yet to prove to me that they cannot. So um, based on prior knowledge, Marvel can fix anything. And I do want to tell Joe Pro that, yes, I can, in fact, drive a tractor. <laughs> you saw the question. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Uh, Katie, your thoughts on tired cop trope and can Marvel fix it? I think yes. I mean, like I was saying earlier, time and introducing time into properties is always kind of a slippery slope of things because, you know, inevitably, like, there's no science behind it, right? I mean, or or there's suspected science behind it. And I think that that kind of owes itself to, you know, oh, well, people are just going to make up whatever they want, right? That's kind of the the um the criticism of when you bring time into stuff but i feel like pulling from all of the lore as they do you know and and we've talked about it the before they don't go like hard with um sticking to the letter of whatever is written in the comics but they pull from it enough to where it makes sense and it um it it, it makes sense in you know what the stories that they're telling and yeah, so that's just a really long-winded way to say of, yeah, I think they're going to make it make sense. And I think more importantly, they're going to explain it in a way that people can understand and can appreciate. Um, 
yeah, that that's kind of my that's my thought on it for sure. Yeah, I th- I think they will. I think this is what that sh- I've been saying this entire time. I think this is what that show what the show is going to do is set those boundaries and set those kind of you know time cop expectations or you know understanding in this show. So then I think moving forward, like when we get to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we if you watch Loki like we are, we will have a deeper understanding of how time is work in the MCU at this point, because I think they do have to establish that. Right. And I think this is a perfect show to do that, to establish how time space, all this crap works moving forward because of what they did in Endgame, Right. Because once they introduced it, now you kind of got to explain it because I mean, they explained it in Endgame a little bit, but eh, not really. Right. I mean, Tony figured out how to do time cool understandable he's a smart guy i get it and then whatever right that's fine i think this is what loki is going to do now and what they're using the show as is okay this is our explanation this is how time travel space works currently in the mcu and i think that's what they're that's what they're doing with the show and i like katie said there's so many stuff they can pull from from, you know, older runner of comics and everything that they will make sense of it. I trust, again, I trust my boy Kev, Kevin Feige. I know you watch us, listen to us, whatever. I I trust him in explaining this and to make it, like you're saying, Katie, understandable and easy for even your not obsessive fans like us. Like, they will make it friendly, time cop sharing or you know time jumping whatever friendly to explain it to to uh to everybody christina what you got i kind of think they make it where high level you can understand it like you said like if you're a beginner to marvel you're gonna get it it'll be enough to entertain you but people like us there will be enough depth that we're gonna be like oh okay and like there will be actual dialogue that people can have around it um i think that's actually something marvel does really well if we you mentioned, you know, you could really watch any of the movies in the first few phases as a standalone and you would be entertained by it if you've never watched any other ones. But there is enough in there. It's almost like the perfect balance, right? Like there is enough in there that if you are a Marvel fan, you're going to pick up on all these little like clues and cues that a normal viewer might not see or that you didn't even know your first time you watched it. You'll see the callbacks that necessarily if you haven't watched another film you're not going to notice you're not going to say why is that important i mean we even said talked about that through winter soldier we talked about that through wandavision all the different callbacks that other people who were watching for the first time were like well that was just part of the the movie or the show and we're like oh remember when that happened and how that ties in um i really think that's what they're how they're going to do it is they're going to keep it elementary enough that any casual viewer can see it, but it will also be advanced enough that a an avid Marvel fan is going to go, okay, now this all lines up and makes perfect sense to me. Right. No, 100% agree. And I, and I like that when you said callbacks, I immediately thought of when we see Loki land in Mongolia, total Iron Man vibes. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved that shot a lot. 
So, yeah, I mean, again, they do a good job. They haven't jacked anything up yet to where I question like, okay, like what really Marvel that's this is the way you're going to go. They explain it and they explain it in a way that it all does make sense and it connects. It's not like a, oh, we got really lazy in writing and we're going this route. The writing in this show so far has been really spectacular. Again, I think there was a female, I can't remember her name, but there's a female writer uh, that is attached to this show. So, like, again, Marvel doing some pretty cool stuff. Again, with uh, diversity and everything within their writing uh, crews and everything like that, having, like, female leads. We know that Winter Soldier was. I can't remember if WandaVision was, but I'm pretty sure WandaVision was, too, so... Again, Marvel does a good job. They just do a really, really good job all the time. So uh, I think that's it. Uh, That's it. That's our wrap on Loki. Unless anybody has final thoughts that they want to say. Katie, Christina, good. Okay. So that's it. That's a wrap on Loki episode one. Glorious purpose. It was good. I think all Marvel fans will really enjoy the show a lot. So Let's bounce. Christina, let the good people know where they can follow you on the socials. Um, what do I always say? Twitter, Instagram, at a beautiful quest. And Katie, where can the good people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Penguin Katie, Katie with a Y. <laughs> All right. And then you can find me, Lauren Romo, at Laurel Nose on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can follow us on Twitter at the Geek Broads Pod. And you can find this episode and more on Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, all the good spots. Uh, if we're not on a if we're not on one of your platforms, let us know. We'll get on there. Obviously, a reminder to please, please, please follow us on Twitter. We're trying to get to 200 followers. We're pretty freaking close. I think we're like six away. And then also write and review, write and review, write and review us on Apple Pod because that helps spread the word on us as a podcast and everything like that. So please, 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 if you haven't done that yet, go do that. Give us a rating, give us a review, all that good stuff. So until next time, stay geeky, everybody. Bye.